Hold up. Hello and welcome to this edition of Outside the Box Score. I am your host, Jonathan Michael. The marvelous Joey Thompson will not be joining us this week. He has the week off. I'm going to do my very best to carry the team without him, but he will be severely missed by me and I know by many of you. But before we get started, I want to mention to you that this podcast is brought to you by Rakuten. Rakuten is as easy as one, two, three. You start by going to Rakuten's website and find your store. These are the stores that you normally shop at. Macy's, eBay, Kohl's, Old Navy, Lululemon, Nike, Gap, Adidas, Levi's, Crocs. There's too many to mention, folks, but you go through Rakuten, you shop on their websites as usual. That's step number two. And number three is you get paid because you're earning cash back. You get paid via PayPal or check. Simple as doing the shopping that you already do at the places you already do it for the prices that you already pay, and you get paid to do it. How simple is that? Up to 15% cash back. And when you sign up through our special link in the podcast description, you'll get rewarded. Get $10, folks, just for signing up. So why not? Give it a try. Also, want to mention to follow along with us on Twitter. You can find us at J-M-O-T-B pod at M-T-O-T-B pod. We'd love to interact with you there. Also find me writing in various places on the internet, sharing blogs, sharing other thoughts on the issues that will all be shared via Twitter. We only do this once a week, but there is more content that we're putting out and you can find it there. Without any further ado, let's get into the episode. Let's begin our first quarter, So I want to talk about a clear-cut favorite to win the NBA Finals in the bubble. No fans in the games has had a much larger effect than I expected. But when you break it down, it makes a lot of sense. There's no fans, energy to carry the young players. When it comes down to a charge or a block, make no mistake, fans have influence over the referees. They feel the peer pressure. They don't want to upset and have 20,000 angry fans. If it can go either way, home team gets the call. When young players are feeling out, when star players are feeling tired, fans at the home games lift them up. There's no travel. Everyone's in the same bubble. There's not that change of schedule, that level of exhaustion. There are certain teams in watching the first few playoff games that are cut out for this, and there are teams that are not. And there's no team more cut out for this bubble for these NBA finals than the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, I know I've been on the Clippers the whole way. But it's become more apparent as we go along that the Clippers are the team. They have the most talent and the most ridiculous amount of depth. They have at least four guys who can go for 20 any given game, starting with Kawhi, going to Paul George, down to Lou Williams. Those are the easy ones, but leave Marcus Morris open. He'll drop 20. 
Montrez Harrell, Reggie Jackson, Landry Shamit will even drop 20 on your head. I don't even have time to list the names of all these guys who can score, who can play. Not to mention the wing defense, Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Lou Williams. Now, the biggest problem that I've had with the Clippers is that this is not a team so much as it is a band of mercenaries. There's no cohesive culture. There's no rah-rah going on with these guys. They're all veterans who have their own lives, their own styles, their own everything. You don't feel that cohesiveness, that energy that you might with the Lakers or with other teams. And that, to me, is their biggest weakness. But it really becomes the biggest strength as this band of mercenaries comes into an uncomfortable situation in the bubble, in the unique circumstances, and they know they have one job to do, and they want to get in and get out and get on with life. Now, you may say, if you watch the games, the Clippers lost to the Mavericks. How can you make them the clear-cut, definitive favorite? Well, the Mavericks set a record for offensive efficiency this season. In NBA history, they have the perfect guard in Luka Doncic who is playing at a Hall of Fame level. Most points scored in playoff debuts in two games than anyone in NBA history. That includes LeBron James. That includes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That includes Wilt Chamberlain. That's everybody. Best to do it. Six foot eight. He's bigger than all their wing defenders. This team has choked the Mavericks in tight spots. Guess what? The Mavericks have choked away games because the away games, that crowd gets on you. Young players, they get nervous. This is a tougher bubble for favorites than it is the underdogs. The underdogs already have the juice. Everybody already counted them out. No better story to tell yourself that nobody believes in me, so I'm going to go out there and prove you wrong. Big believer that you can find out more about a team and their losses than their wins. Everybody's going to win. There are no sweeps. So what did the Clippers show me in their loss? The Clippers showed me from their mercenary attitude, they're really only interested in showing up for the last five minutes. And again, you may look at that as a negative. I look at that as a positive. Bill Gates once famously said, for the hardest jobs, I want to hire the laziest people. Now, why would you say that? Because the laziest team is going to figure out the easiest way to win as long as they're bright. And this team is bright in terms of star power, in terms of ability. So if I have a team that barely lost a game where they only showed up for the fourth quarter, what is their maximum capacity? What is their greatest ability? And to me, that's yet to be seen. But you don't think that this team will wake up? They hardly have a problem when they're half asleep. And though I've never seen this team in the NBA playoffs, in the finals, I've seen a similar movie before. 
Kawhi Leonard in the lead role. Raptors got down to the Bucks, two games to zero. And they won four to two. They looked flat. They looked uninspired. It's part of Kawhi Leonard's leadership style. Until his hair's on fire, he's not a vocal leader. He may not be the most interested in every intricate detail of the game. But when it comes down to that fourth quarter or that game down two to zero in the series, when you need him most, he comes through the biggest. And this team is far above the competition in the NBA bubble. All their weaknesses have become their strengths, and they've had plenty of strengths to begin with. Let's shift to our second quarter and make some NBA predictions. A lot of listeners reached out asking, where are your NBA predictions? What is your bracket? I have to say, I had to give myself a moment to look at how this bubble playoff was going to work out. We saw some regular season games, but we didn't know exactly where we were going with it. It was a different energy. It was kind of a warm-up. It was kind of a practice. So I had to say, all right, let's get a game or two under our belts, and then I will be ready to make my predictions. So without further delay, I'm going to give you who's going to win the series and who will ultimately head to the NBA Finals and hoist the championship trophy. First, we start in the East. The Milwaukee Bucks will play the Orlando Magic. Milwaukee's already fallen down a game. Surprising. A result of the bubble, but the Bucks will carry on and carry through. Easy win against Orlando in five or six games. The Heat in the next series take on the Indiana Pacers. Just as expected, the Heat will carry on up 2-0. to zero. It's going to be a very easy finish. The Heat will sweep this series or take it in five. Jimmy Butler is perfectly built for the bubble with Eric Spolstra and the rest of this team. They are truly playing their best basketball in the bubble. The bubble has an upward effect on some teams, a downward trend for others. Heat are a big benefactor. No distractions from Miami and the beautiful city, beautiful women and beautiful beaches, along with everything else that is going on there. This is good for the Miami Heat in this bubble. The Celtics are taking on the Philadelphia 76ers in the next series. This one was easy. The Celtics were going to carry it from the beginning. Even with Ben Simmons out in, doesn't matter. I don't trust the process. It's over. They need to trade either Simmons or Embiid. It's a disaster. They pay Al Horford and Tobias Harris over $100 million each to absolutely do nothing. It's a mess. The Raptors taking on the Nets. Another easy one, Raptors in four. Not a lot needs to be said there. Shifting to the West, the Lakers are taking on the Portland Trailblazers. Yes, I am going to go there. The Blazers are going to take this series. They're going to take it. You can tell me LeBron has been great. He's been in this situation before. And you're right, he has. But the difference First 16 years of his career, he was the best player in the series. Damian Lillard is the best player in this series. Guy can shoot from 35 feet. 
and finish at the rim at a clip like LeBron. He's got the support of C.J. McCollum. I don't trust the Lakers. They can't make shots. So we don't have three-pointers. They choke and can't make free throws. LeBron's Achilles heel has been free throws. Anthony Davis, not a primetime player, misses two free throws. LeBron James then follows up, misses two free throws. This is why they lost the first game. The worst fears have come true. The Lakers do not match up against the Blazers. The Blazers have the best player in the series. They have the length to stop the Lakers' only advantage, which is their centers outside of LeBron. Blazers are taking this series, and I'm sticking to that one. Very surprised. LeBron is the MVP, but the Lakers aren't making it past the first round, and it's going to serve as a huge black mark on LeBron's legacy. The Rockets are now taking on Oklahoma City Thunder. Rockets carry this one easy. They have the ability in the bubble. Again, this is an upward-trending team. All they do is get buckets and shoot threes. Doesn't take a lot, not a lot from the fans. If anything, the fans have hurt them. They've come up small in big moments. This feels like a smaller moment to them, and they feel more comfortable inside the bubble. Not to mention James Harden has had plenty of time to rest, so Rockets easy there. The Nuggets are taking on the Jazz. Doesn't matter because who they play next. So I'm just going to tell you the Nuggets are going to win. Bright future for them, but not going far in these playoffs. The Clippers, of course, taking on the Mavericks. You know where I stand there. The Clippers are going on to take that. Of course, the Clippers will then beat the Nuggets and go on to the Western Conference Finals where they will face the Houston Rockets over the Portland Trailblazers. If there were a team that could knock off the Clippers because they're suited for the bubble, I would not be surprised if it was the Houston Rockets. But let's not forget, Houston has been having huge success without Russell Westbrook, which I think is actually an important part of their success thus far. Not having him on the court, opening it up for Harden to do his best. Harden cannot do everything on his own, and Russell Westbrook is oftentimes more of a problem than he is a solution. So I am all in on the Clippers to represent the Western Conference in the finals. Now, this is where it gets interesting in the East because I have the Heat beating the Milwaukee Bucks. You can't trust Chris Middleton to be the second scorer. You can't trust Eric Bledsoe. This is a team of like a lot of good pieces. Nobody Giannis can trust in big moments. The Heat never lost to the Bucks in the regular season. Uh, the matchup is perfect. They have the length for Bam. They have Jimmy Butler to put on Giannis. Jimmy Butler can shoot better. They have better shooters in Miami that I'm willing to trust. So I have the Heat beating Milwaukee, and they will face the Celtics. The Raptors have been playing incredibly well, but I trust Brad Stevens and their coaching to then go ahead and face the Heat. I, I like that series. They do lack size, the Celtics. The Raptors have been surprising, but Celtics move on. So we have the Celtics versus the Miami Heat. I am going to take, believe it or not, I've been on the Celtics all season, but looking at the bubble and how it affects things, Miami is a bubble team. No distractions. Great coach in Eric Spolstra. A real dog in Jimmy Butler. In a regular season, they're not carried this far. Where they go to Miami, fans a little bit less enthused, not interested because they don't have LeBron. Maybe the fans are on the beaches, uh, interested in other things. The players are distracted by supermodels in Miami. This is where they thrive in this bubble. 
But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter very much. They're not going to do a lot when they get there. I have the Clippers winning in six. Miami will take a couple games from them. It won't be a clean sweep, but I don't feel like it'll ever truly feel close. Of course, the Clippers are your champions. And with that, let's shift to the third quarter of the show, NFL Players to Watch, Running Backs Edition. Now we're going around the league and giving you players to watch. Players that not everyone may be covering. Not the Aaron Rodgers, not the Patrick Mahomes. People that don't get a lot of attention. Football's interesting when you know what's going on. Whether it's for your fantasy football team, for human interest, whatever that may be, we're going to go outside the box score here and show you some interesting pieces of some players that you may be want to be on the lookout for going through this season. So I'm going to give you three running backs. We did the quarterbacks last week. We're doing running backs this week. We'll continue to add positions week to week. This is our reigning segment, the week to week deal. Number one running back I want you to watch. Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Rookie drafted in the second round. Largely unheralded, unnoticed, and not talked about. This may largely be due to the great offensive line in Indianapolis. Offensive lines make running backs. As a quarterback, you can run around like Russell Wilson for your life. You have three or four options to throw to. The defense can't take everything away. But when the running back has the ball in his hands, he needs a great offensive line. The Colts have the best offensive line in the NFL. They have now surpassed the Dallas Cowboys based on age, based on injury, based on talent. This is the position group in the offensive line that I want. Indianapolis, if you gave me one crew, I'm taking them. It's very easy. But that is not to take away from the talent that is Jonathan Taylor. He's drawn many comparisons to Ezekiel Elliott. He can't catch the ball out of the backfield like Zeke, though he could develop that. And he does have a fumble issue, which may have caused him to drop a little bit. But I felt like he should have been the number one drafted running back in the league in this year's draft. He has great breakaway speed, a big body similar to Zeke. He can bounce off tackles. If he can cover up that football, you're looking at a potential Pro Bowl running back this year. Indianapolis, not a big sexy market, but you're going to want to keep your eye on him because he's going to have a big season. Number two, this may be the biggest one of all of them. I had a friend ask me, I got the number one pick in a dynasty fantasy football league, so I'm drafting all rookies. Who are you going to take with the first pick? Edward Solaire, kid out of Georgia in Detroit, DeAndre Swift. I said, nah. You're going to want to take J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore, out of Ohio State. He didn't listen to me, and he'll eventually pay the price for that. I seriously do believe that because J.K. Dobbins, again, with the Ezekiel Elliott comparisons, but it's apt here because he had better stats at Ohio State, the same program, the same university, the same offense. Shades of that. Same breakaway speed. He was more productive. Now, he's not as much of a specimen as Zeke is. Zeke is a very special running back. I'm not here to say everyone's the next Zeke Elliott. 
But he landed in a very special place in Baltimore. And he's going to supplant Mark Ingram very quickly, who is old and has fumble issues of his own. He's faster, he's quicker, he's younger, he's better. And he's going to be in one of the best offenses in football. This team rushes for 200 plus yards a game. Lamar Jackson will account for 50 to 100 of those. Somebody's got to bring up the rest of those 200 yards per game. Believe it's going to be a lot of J.K. Dobbins. And they're going to trust him in the red zone because he can cover that football. Mark Ingram had problems in the past. Never really seemed to fix that in his career. Felt like Ingram's success last year was a lot due to the offense. And J.K. Dobbins has a much higher ceiling in that offense. So be on the lookout for him to have a huge season. And last but certainly not least, we dug deep. Went way outside the box score to find this one. Raiders third round pick. Lynn Bowden Jr. out of Kentucky. First time I saw Lynn Bowden this last season, Kentucky lost all their quarterbacks. This guy plays wide receiver, running back, officially listed as a running back now, and they put him in at quarterback. And this guy just jumped off the tape that day, and they won the football game. A lot of wildcat running back type stuff. Didn't throw a lot, but he had the ability to throw when they needed it. It was impressive. So I went back before the show and watched tape of Lynn Bowden Jr. What makes this guy so special? And why did he fall so far? Well, let's start with why he fell so far. Not very big. Doesn't have a lot of breakaway speed. Just doesn't have those measurables that jump off the tape. But what makes him special? Primetime player. Has experience quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Does them all well. And most importantly, incredible field vision. Going from quarterback, you have to have great vision. Now shifting from running back and receiver, you can see everything that's happening. You know where to look. You develop that extra sense to know where the defense is coming from. And I watched him on tape elude defenders. It was his shiftiness and vision. And what the Raiders are going to do with this guy is going to be impressive. Wildcat quarterback, dual split running back with Josh Jacobs, former rookie of the year. They're going to put him at slot receiver. They're going to do everything with him. And it's going to be hard to stop when you have an elite running back with Jacobs on the field. Now Henry Ruggs, the deep burner, similar to Tyreek Hill. Add Darren Waller, who is one of the most underrated, a top tight end in the league. Had nine touchdowns last season. This offense is going to be something special, and it wouldn't be surprising to me if he accounted for six to eight touchdowns this season. You're going to want to stash him on your fantasy football team, and you're going to want to keep an eye out for this guy on the football field. Nobody's talking about him, but he's going to be special. Want to get into our fourth quarter, give you the patented quick hitters, the news around the leagues. Here we go. The NFL is now considering a bubble-style scenario for the playoffs. This was brought to the league as an idea by Sean Payton, and now they're seriously considering it. This is fantastic for those of you that don't know the background why the NFL is not in a bubble. 53 players on an active roster. Add the practice squad players. You're looking at 80. 
big coaching staffs, impossible to have a bubble, really very difficult, near impossible to have even a regional bubble. And everyone has an equal problem, equal playing field here. If Patrick Mahomes is out week 10, it's not do or die. If Aaron Rodgers misses week six, it's not do or die. And everyone's going to have to adjust. Everyone's going to have to make sacrifices. Everyone's going to have to have their backups ready at every position. It's just not possible to have that many people in a bubble. There's no facility in the world that can house these guys. But when it comes down to the playoffs, when it really is make or break, you win or you go home, we can't have a playoff game that's legitimate with the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes, with the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. It's not going to feel the same. It's going to be extreme dilution to the product, and it would be totally unacceptable to the fans and to the league. So I do think that this NFL bubble in the playoffs, they're going to have to figure it out. Now, it'll probably be two to four teams per region. It's going to be very small uh, bubble situation. They're going to have to do multiple scenarios. It will have to be regional. But it's interesting. It should happen because we don't want delays and we can't have players missing for these big games. Next, the Ravens worked out. Des Bryant. That's right. Des Bryant, who's been on the league for two and a half years, not Antonio Brown. This tells me a couple things. The Ravens feel like they have enough to win a Super Bowl and don't want the headache. So they'd rather have somebody more grateful to be on the team, like a Des Bryant. He does fit their offense, possession-wide receiver, not a burner, and could be another body with the COVID deal everything that's going on could be important to have somebody like him on the team. He could be a real asset. And it's not that Antonio Brown wouldn't be a real asset, which leads to my next point. I don't know where this guy's going. He's going to end up somewhere, but he has to miss eight games. And teams are saying, I just don't want to deal with this guy. He's going to be a headache. I'm still on my point here. Antonio Brown has one big landing spot. And there's a Second dark horse that I think that's out there. Number one is still the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks need his presence. They need somebody to bail Russell Wilson out. They don't have a great offensive line. They don't have a lot of weapons on that offense. He needs help. Now they have speed in DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Philip Dorsett, but I can't really trust any of those guys to get open in the big moments. What culture can handle Antonio Brown? That's easy. The Seahawks. Pete Carroll, ultimate players coach, knows how to win, knows how to balance being a disciplinarian and also understanding, listening, managing egos. And Russell Wilson wants him. Russell Wilson's never gotten anything that he's wanted his entire career and has delivered anyways. Give the guy his dues. Give him some help. Give him Antonio Brown. I think it'd work very well there. The Dark Horse team is the 49ers now that they've had uh, heard go out the young rookie that Marv talked about last week. He was a rookie last season, was injured. He's injured again. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. Part of it is that they need to take him away from the Seahawks, and the Seahawks need to ultimately take him away from the 49ers. So we're looking at a division rivalry for a player. 49ers got to the Super Bowl. They need some offensive help, a go-to wide receiver for Jimmy G. I don't see this as being as good of a fit. But if I was the 49ers, I would seriously consider taking a flyer in Antonio Brown. If it doesn't work out, if it's a problem, cut him. There's no risk anymore. You don't need to give him a signing bonus. 
I think it's he's worth the risk, and I'd give it a try. Next, Alex Smith is back in the NFL. Yes, some 17 to 19 surgeries later. If you haven't seen the injury, I advise you don't look at it. It's gross. It's disgusting. Can't believe he's back. Couple things. I wish he wouldn't. I wish he'd take his money and uh, take his family time and just go away from the game. Not because I don't think Alex Smith is a capable and good player. He is. It's just not worth playing for the Washington football team. There's nothing to gain here. And you have significant amounts to lose. He almost has his leg amputated. So I admire his competitive spirit. But what's the point, dude? Just go home. Save yourself the risk of injury. You got plenty of money. You have a family. You have everything going for you. Why would you do this? But he's going to do it. And uh, for the warrior spirit and attitude, I applaud him. And I do think he will end up playing football for the Washington football team this year. Dwayne Haskins, I'm not sure it's going to work out, man. As much as I liked him going into that draft, don't feel like it's all there for him. It's not a great scenario for him in Washington. He didn't get enough time to sit and learn. He only played 13 games in college. The offense is not suited to him. I don't think his career is over. But at the end of the day, Ron Rivera is an old school football coach, and he is going to say in week four, week five, after the one and two, one and three, one and four, whatever, which quarterback gives us the best chance to win? And I do believe that is Alex Smith, the steady veteran hand who's accurate, who's a leader. I do believe we see Alex Smith on the field, and uh, I wish him the best, all the health, all the success in the world. And last but certainly not least, Tua Tagovailoa just got the news that he will not be the starter in Miami but Ryan Fitzpatrick will start week one for the Miami Dolphins. Now, as you know, if you've listened to the show before, I am not a Tua fan. I do not think he has the capability, the skills set that people believe that he has. I think it's mostly a mirage. It's a product of Alabama talent around him. He thinks he's more athletic than he is. But if there was ever something that could save him and make him a great NFL quarterback, good to great, somewhere in there, and protect him from injury, by the way, which is another big deal as he gets used to the speed of the game in practice, watching it from the sidelines, is this move to give him the opportunity to get his toes wet, just just wade in the water a little bit, figure out this NFL game, figure out how it's done, figure out what you do situationally, See how fast those players are and think, maybe I shouldn't scramble as much. I got to learn my pocket presence. And he's going to learn it because he's going to have a great grasp of the playbook sitting out. I think this is big news for the Miami Dolphins, for Tua Tagovailoa. And it's good news. He needs time. We've seen the trend. Patrick Mahomes gets a year off. Starts out phenomenal. Lamar Jackson gets almost a whole year off. Comes in the playoffs. Struggles a little bit comes out the next season, wins MVP. Not everybody can be Andrew Luck. Even Peyton Manning threw more interceptions than he threw touchdowns in his first year. 
Not everybody can make this giant jump. It'd be like going from a regular account manager to CEO. Now, some guys, the Mark Cubans of the world who can get their MBAs when they're 21, they can do it. They can handle it. The greatest of the great can handle this jump. But it is a big jump from college football quarterback to one of the best in the league, 32 jobs available. It's a tough position. And it only helps to get more preparation, more practice, more experience. It's never going to hurt him. The Dolphins should be in no rush to put in Tua. And this is big for his career. I want to thank you all for listening. The marvelous Joey Thompson was dearly missed. And we will hear from him again next week. He will be joining us again. Don't forget to follow along with us at JM. OTB pod at MT OTB pod. Marvel still be on there. Please leave us those reviews if you have not already. It is a big catalyst to helping our podcast grow. It's been growing. We have nobody but you to thank for it. And really, the way that it's been growing too is just sharing it with a friend. If you know somebody, who likes sports, likes analysis, likes to really think outside of the constructs of, of the game and really get into the, the details, what affects what, what the human interest is, what people are thinking, what they're doing, what the parallels are to business, psychology, personal development. We go into all that, maybe not in depth, the same level every show, but we try to make it interesting, keep it fresh, not just cover what everyone else is saying. The sports media becomes a big echo chamber, and we're trying to create our own chamber of sound. And uh, we appreciate you being along with us on this journey. With all that said, we'll talk to you again next week. Hold up.